The year is 2015, and we, the geek, the nerd, the comic book fan, have inherited the earth. The comic book now owns pop culture, and that's a worldwide phenomenon. Film, television, literature, even music. These days, it's all about the comics. I am Arrow. Batman. Supergirl? What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? I am Iron Man. And I am Spider-Man. Oh, smash. We're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Greetings and welcome to another edition, the second edition of Breaking the Panel. We're crossing the Bifrost Bridge into your Asgardian ear holes as we do every uh, week with uh, with our full frontal nerdity. Every week, every bi- every couple weeks, whatever. Whatever the schedule is on this thing <laughs> to be decided. Uh, with me, I'm Brian Abit. Hello and uh, welcome to the show. With me, as always, are the, uh, the venerable, that means old, Charles McFall. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't remember. And the youthfully exuberant Mr. Paul Klotz. Yes. Hello. Welcome, guys. How is uh... <laughs> the whole person voice? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm the, the Benjamin Button of podcast co That's right. We need some rocking chair squeaking noises added to uh, this section of the podcast. Make sure to throw those in there. As we do every week, we're uh, bringing you comic book and uh, Marvel and DC and extended universe, worldly stuff. And basically, if we're geeking out about it, we're going to be talking about it here on Breaking the Panel. Later on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars and some great stuff that came out of the D23 conference. We'll talk about a movie about the Marvel first family that doesn't seem to be doing very well, as well as uh, stuff like Loot Crate and Arcade Block and Quarterly and all these other things that you can subscribe to for getting your cool pop culture nerd merchandise. Nerdchandise. No, I can't I can't squeeze those words together. Nerdchandise. Geekchand yeah. I'm just gonna give up on that one right now. But before we get to that, let's you know, is there any any exciting stuff that we want to bring up in the top of the show here? Uh, lots of great stuff out of D23. You know, I was Googling that, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, real, real quick, because it's not huge in the comic book world, but Dragon Con approaches. It does, yeah. Two weeks, three weeks some, away. Yeah, something like that. You and I are going to be there and uh, have a few panels. Are you on any panels this year? I don't think so, no. But I'm going to be, I'm actually helping volunteer with the oh, podcast. that's right. You're helping run it. Basically, I'll be around for all the panels, and I'll be able to interject a question if the room gets dead. Oh, right? God. <laughs> so, I, I so I totally tell me see. how you came up with the idea of Little Plastic Figures podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I totally see you being a little more mischievous than that and going, so, Charles, I have a five-part question and throw stuff you know I can't answer. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Abbott. Well, thank that's you. the only problem is that I won't be there for your panel. I'm going to be there Friday, oh, I got uh, three Thursday. Now. I have three oh, you do? Minutes. Oh, okay, then I will be able to harass you during two of your panels. So, yeah, Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday, and um, leaving Sunday morning, so... Um, but but come up if you're if you're a listener to this show yes. and you're at Dragon Con, come up and say hi. We are uh, uh, we'd love to love to meet you. Love to shake hands and say howdy. It's gonna be fun. So I wish I wish it had more of a I wish I had a comic book track. I know if you look hard enough, you'll find comic book related stuff. Probably I'm guessing gonna be actors and actresses from hit TV shows there. Hopefully like from The Flash or or any Agents of Shield maybe. Who knows? I haven't looked at the whole list of announced guests, but they do have TV and movie celebrities. Hopefully that'll tie in, but they I wish they had a comic book track and maybe that's something that we can push for in future years as as wow. our network grows. 
I'm really surprised that they don't. It seems like when you've got tabletop gaming, you've got video games, you've got podcasting, it seems like comic books should be the next thing. Oh, I'm looking know. right now at the guests. Holy cow. What's her face from Flash? Not Flash. Uh, Arrow is going to be there. Lauren. <laughs> you know, if you look in the right spot, I'm actually on the website. Are you so, really under the, uh, that's right, you were attending professional pro this time. That's right. I'm very excited. Time, I'm looking, I'm trying to find, I'm just double checking my statement about the tracks. Fan, I'm going to look at the fan tracks, but it's not here. Not comic books is what I would, I expect to find under comic books. And it's not listed under comic books. Hmm. So there, to me, there's not a definitive comic track and there really really should be yeah there totally uh, should be oh yeah Stephen amell from uh, who plays arrow is going to be there so i guess what we need James to do Callis, dr gaius baltar gaius baltar is going to be there uh we need to take our zoom h2s or at least i'll bring mine or whatever and we need to fight to get in these lines to say hey this is brian abbott from giant size team up network and i'd like to ask you a question yeah, I don't know what yeah. the questions would be, but you know, maybe, maybe we can get. <laughs> Let's get start with that. There. Let's actually figure out questions before <laughs> we start pushing our way through the lines to get up to the the front to talk to yeah. these people. Well, if, you, if you've ever uh, joined me at New Media Expo, uh, you know I, I come up with some some questions. So. Yeah, for sure. I stood in line just to talk to uh, Eddie McClintock last year to actually pitch him on producing a podcast for him. Stood in line for like an hour to do that. And he was very nice. He let me down in a very, very nice way. And then later went on to be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that was very Oh, fun. wow. Was it Cree Warrior, the guy with the hammer mm-hmm. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that Cree? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Eddie, that was Eddie McClintock. So yeah. He's not cool. part of our universe. For me, that's cool for Dragon Con, but it needs to be more. Uh, Clots, you know, what would you like to talk about on our list of things to chat about here? Uh, a little later in the show, I'd like to talk about the... Ultimate Spider-Man show. Ooh. Oh, wow. I see that at the, the bottom. Now, is that going to be yeah. a TV thing or is that going to be a car- it, cartoon? Well, it's, it's, it's an existing cartoon. Okay. That is, I mean, it's... Do we want to talk about it right now? Let's talk about it right now. My roommate's been watching it recently, and since my computer's in the living room where the TV is, I've been watching it recently. (laughs) It's aimed at teenagers, but it's like, it's really good. Like, very entertaining. But what was really cool about it was uh, we just had a new set for Heroclix come out at Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it has a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D.-related stuff where they clicked out the characters from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're all in the game now, as well as uh, a lot of the characters from the Ultimate Spider-Man like their version of them, you know what I mean? Power Man, Luke Cage, Sam Alexander, Nova, Iron Fist, White Tiger, like, you know, and it's all the versions from, you know, that show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was kind of one of those weird things where, like, I didn't really know a lot about any of those characters, and all of a sudden, they're in a set, and then all of a sudden, I'm watching the show that they're from, and it was pretty cool. I was I was digging it a lot. What I wanted to say is that don't let the fact that it's a cartoon turn you off if that is normally a turnoff for you because it's pretty good. Like, it's it captures the spirit of Spidey pretty well because there's been some mediocre Spider-Man uh, animated stuff that's come out in the past, but this is right. not one of them. Cool. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I've been watching that. I've been digging it. The Ultimate Spider-Man is going to be where the Spider-Man in the MCU is really going to come from, you know, because he's supposed to be the younger teenage like actually teenage still in high school Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how they're going to play it is similar to how he's being played on the show. Cause on ultimate Spider-Man, the show he's involved with shield. They, they all are, 
you know, they're all working for S.H.I.E.L.D. I really like, because people have been speculating a lot, like, whoa, how are they going to do Spider-Man? They cast him as the young version. And I'm like, well, that's, I think that's the direction they're going. They're going to tie it into what they've already been doing on the successful animated show. So I just wanted to share that with you guys and everybody else who's listening out there. Check it out. See if you like it. I totally will. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a Spider-Man cartoon. So I'm ready to get back into that. You know, like I said, it's a little juvenile. It's I think it's aimed for preteens or teenagers. It's kind of similar to Young Justice, how that was, which was a fantastic show that mm-hmm. got canceled for the stupidest reason ever. Um, what was it? What was the reason? Young Justice. Got oh, the canceled. toys, right? Yeah, it got canceled because it was uh, doing well with girls and teenagers. <laughs> Cheesy, crazy. <laughs> Yep, uh, that was uh, the, the, the legit reason. They shut that show down. They also shut down uh, the Green Lantern animated series, which was also incredible. Those just came out a couple years ago. If you haven't checked either of them out and you're a DC fan, or even if you're kind of on the fence about DC and have never really given it a chance, those two shows turned me around on how I felt about DC because I was always kind of like 50-50 on it. Do not feel that way anymore. Now, I always felt like the DC animation blew Marvel out of the water. You know, I, I felt like their animation was amazing. Yeah. As opposed to the fantastic flop that we're going to talk about here in a second. But before we get to that negativity, because uh, there's, there's a lot of stupidness with that. D23 just happened. That is the Disney conference that Disney does for their theme parks and all their properties. I was actually recording a special MCU cast with the guys over there, Matt and Jeff, because they're doing the original MCU movies during this. Uh, at the time that they started, it was like an eight-week hiatus till S.H.I.E.L.D. came back. And so they every week they're tackling one of the MCU movies, and I got the guest on the one about the Incredible Hulk, which I, I'm a huge Hulk fan. We broke that movie down, and we might talk about it later, we might not. But the thing was, D23 was doing a Marvel announcement. I'm like, Pfft. It's a Disney conference. They're not going to talk about Marvel. And sure enough, they hit play on the feed. And I could hear it through the microphone as Feige taking the stage. I'm like, damn you, Feige. What are you mm. doing? This is this. Oh, <laughs> killing me. But so much great stuff. I, I get to go my little rant like I did last time on this show. Give me my trailers. What is, they were there. They saw it. It's been a few days. Where's my Civil War trailer, man? Come on. Right. Civil, not only Civil War footage was uh, was shown there, but actual Doctor Strange stuff. Yes. And that hasn't even begun filming yet. I and know. They were some Doctor Strange stuff there. So, and I'm honestly, that's like the last conference in the world I want to go to because I like Disney as a parent and as a person who, who visits. I'm very excited about the Star Wars Land announcement, but I'm not going to go to a conference where everybody who's passionately in love with Disney is going to be there. It's just not my bag, man. So give me my trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Fi- yeah. When I see Feige at dinner Friday night, I'm going to have to thump him one. I'm just saying. There you go. Yeah, make sure you bring it up to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think there's a certain amount of time that you let the people who got to see it live because they paid for a ticket, because they waited in line for whatever reason, that they get their chance to to kind of revel in the fact that, yeah, 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 well, I've seen it and you haven't. However, <laughs> I think that there's a point at which that um, that moratorium stops and you release it for everybody. So I'm with you. Let us let us all see it. I don't really think that people are going to these conferences for that. Sure, it is a highlight and you might be looking forward mm-hmm. to it and anticipate it. But honestly, if you're going to invest that kind of money to go to this kind of thing, it's more, in my opinion, it seems to be more because you want to celebrate being around people who enjoy that kind of thing. Like we mentioned Dragon Con. If it 
you have had to skip a few years. I've been going for the last three in a row, and you've mm-hmm. probably got more than that. But I've just, I, I've been fortunate enough to tie mine in a row the last couple of years nice. because I like being around the podcasting track and those people that I only get to see once a year. And in that different vein of geekdom and fandom that permeates Dragon Con, it's a level of geek that will never hit New Media Expo. So I go because of that camaraderie versus the possible announcements or exclusives that I might get. I'm guessing, but I have to guess that people go to D23 for the same reason. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a press event than a consumer event like Comic-Con, right? I mean, that's where the press goes to kind of get the news and and what's coming up. Yeah, there's a lot of consumer level people who go there who aren't part of the press, but it's not quite to the effect where it's like 5% press and 95% consumers like Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. But I don't know. We're all on the same page, right? We all want the same thing. We want to see what's been released there. And we think that there's a, a certain amount of time that can pass before they release it out to everybody. One of the other things that they talked about, though, was an addition that they're making to both uh, Florida, Walt Disney World, and to Disneyland in California, adding 14 acres of pure Star Wars content. You know, there's going to be a Millennium Falcon ride. Presumably it's going to be um, one of these motion thing, motion things like Star Tours. Who knows? Star Maybe Tours not. was amazing, by the way. For the updates that they did to Star Tours, yeah, no argument there. The yeah. new Star Tours is fantastic. There's going to be kind of a new world, but lots of homage to all the different other worlds that we've experienced with Star Wars and probably overpriced gift store items. Just a guess. I'm, I'm just, kind of going just out on a limb here. Limb. No, no, <laughs> I'm guessing there. there might be, you know, overpriced food options that use words like the force, the force burger. Oh, but it gets I'm better. I'm it now. There's <laughs> <laughs> Here's a direct quote from the article. Every restaurant building Everything will be inhabited by the aliens and droids you expect to find there. You expect to find a cantina. There'll be one. You have a chance to run into all the droids and fantastic beasts that Star Wars is known for. Iger. Iger? 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 Continue. You'll meet characters from The Force Awakens and more from the Star Wars saga. The land will have two fantastic signature attractions, including the ability to take the controls of the Millennium Falcon on a customized secret mission. And I am just dancing like a little kid right now because that's going to be awesome. I want a hot Twi'lek to hand me my hammock and sandwich walker. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. There's your full frontal dirty, people, as we promised. Uh, wow, this is... This is, this is I, my kids are like that. Can I trademark that really quick? Yeah. Disney swoops in and puts an item in. I'm wondering how they're going to do a customized secret mission. That's going to be interesting. Because there's only so much custom you need. You got to fit, at least on like Star Tours, it's kind of custom. There's a random missions you go on. They randomly pick somebody out of the crowd right. to put up on the screen, whatever. But there's still 15 to 30 people. I, I don't remember how many people, but there's a small group of people that still are in that together. The, um, the uh, way that it should work, I'm not familiar with the way the Back to the Future ride in Orlando works, but I believe, you have the one at Universal Studios, but I believe it's the same way, where you get into your own so DeLorean. It might be a two-seater cockpit like it is in the Falcon. That's what I'm thinking. Or, or a maybe four-seater. a four-seater. Yeah, because yeah, the Millennium Falcon seats four, maybe five comfortably. Yeah, you got the co-pilot you pilot and a couple. Put the droid yeah. in the middle sure. and turn him off when he starts talking about the odds. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that would be the way to do it. Like have a set of cockpits in front of a big screen. I'm trying to think of something else that they do like this. Wings over 
California or something like that. The one that they have in California Adventures like this, where you're in your own little area seated thing, but you're all in front of the, the same giant screen and it's swooping and moving this way and there are smells and there's wind. And yes, there are smells. You fly over an orange grove and it smells like oranges. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, you're of the ocean, and it smells like ocean, and there's a mist and stuff like that. So I mean, that'd be the that kind of be the way that they could do it really, really well with individual. You fly over a sarlacc pit, and it smells like ass. That's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that'll be cool. And uh, I just again, want to cruise Mos Espa in my DeLorean. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So funny story. We're in GameStop a couple days ago, and my roommate sees a Boba Fett themed backpack up on the shelf and he's like I want that and so he gets the guy to take it down he's looking at it and everything he's looking it over and you know it's a licensed backpack it's whatever you know I'm like whatever about it but he's like oh this is pretty cool and he turns to me and he goes what do you think and I go does it have jets and he goes well no and I go inferior product let's move on (laughs) (laughs) I'm like you that backpack would make MC Chris super sad just saying I agree with what you guys are saying completely. It's, it's going to be great. And it's enough to make me, you know, obviously every time I go to BlizzCon in Anaheim, I plan an extra day and I go out to, to Disneyland, California Adventure with my son. If they were to throw that into, you know, when they throw that into uh, Walt Disney World as well. How long a drive is it, Charles, from Atlanta down to Orlando? I think is we did it. Four hours? We did it hours? under... It's well under ten. I think it might be. Well, with kids, it's like six to eight because of stops or whatever. It's yeah, not. It's not unreasonable. Stop and let them pee. Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough to do a day trip, but yeah. you could. We could easily do it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I am gonna. I am gonna <laughs> do my damnedest to be there opening day. I tell you that much. Thought, oh no, no opening day for me for that business. Are you kidding? Wait, what are you talking to... about? We're gonna be the ones cutting the ribbon on this thing. It's gonna be like a two-year project. We'll be massive sure. in this world by that point. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm dreading the eight-hour line. To, uh, oh, to yeah. get into Star Wars Land. What are uh, they going to call it, right? Because you got Tomorrowland, Adventureland. They're not going to well, call right it now Star ref- Wars Land. That's what they're referring to it as currently, Star Wars Land. So mm. I'm, I'm scanning through land. some of this stuff. No, uh, yeah, they, call, they they right now in many of the articles, it's the immersive Star Wars Land. But I don't know if they've announced that as the, the official yeah. thing or... Because they can break away right. from the word land and just call it the Star Wars universe or something like that yeah, or Star Wars universe yeah. right toontown they do and that's separate from that doesn't have the word land at the end uh, main street usa or new orleans square so it could be new orleans star square star wars universe is not bad i like that yeah i, I just like whatever dude, they, just call it galaxy because it's always in a galaxy I just far wanna, far away i want to go into the cantina because they promised a cantina and I just want to sit there and I just want to turn to the random person sitting next to me and go, I don't like you. <laughs> my friend doesn't like you either. Oh my God. And just see how they respond. Because right. if they don't immediately smile, I'm going to be like, get out. Right. Get, you, don't, you don't belong you here. Don't belong. Walk thyself out of this <laughs> establishment. Go wait in line for Haunted Mansion. Dude, I totally see... Klotz is going to carry out a bullhorn so you can be like, as long as you can, filthy casual! We have a filthy casual here! I should just get stickers that I can just, like, peel off and slap on people. Nope. Get out of here. <laughs> nope. Get going. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I, th- I think this might be the one that gets me kicked out of, of Disney because I'm going to be like, move, kid. Yo, kid. You know, my kids will be like, Dad, we want to go back to Two Towns. Shut up. I'm in line for Star Wars, man. Get, get that's so- right. Go book your mom. Yeah, you, you've gotten enough of your Toontown. This is for yeah. Daddy. 
Uh, <laughs> it, well, the, the Star Wars experience was definitely when we took a trip a couple years ago. I can't remember exactly. about two or three years ago now. Star Wars experience had been open for a little while. And I was like, that's the top of my list. I don't care what else we do. We have to do that. And we, we had limited time. We, we really planned our things. And luckily, uh, we were able to stay on Disney property, which affords you extra hours in the theme park early or late, depending on the day in the park. It rotates. And so the first night we were able to go to Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars area and do it after hours so the lines were minimal and the kids were all excited because it's the first day so they kept up with me and and they actually liked it enough that they wanted to go back so we went back to the ride uh, the star tours we went back to the star tours ride two or three times during that week and that was a lot of fun my wife eventually was like you you guys gotta stop <laughs> for a while it was it was a blast so yeah star wars land oh shut up and take my money that's, that's where we are just with that. throw it at the gates. Like, yeah. It's under construction and you just throw in fifties at it. Like <laughs> yeah, just, let me let me let me just let me in. Let me just stick a shovel in the ground and say that I helped build it. Like just let me let me in there. Dude, they could so lower their, their costs on building that by just having volunteers, you know. Cause how many people would volunteer to, to dig and help with that? Right. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, Star Wars Land is going to be, be epic. We got, uh, of course, talk about Doctor Strange and the the. Of course, we don't have anything we can show on it because it's not that kind of episode here. But Feige, right. who is the bane and hero of our existence, because he comes up with some great stuff that's ten years away. But I I don't know these actors, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Tilda Swinton. They've joined the cast of Doctor Strange as Carl Mordo and the Ancient One, respectively. Yeah, there was a little bit of controversy about Tilda Swinton being cast as the Ancient One because it's a gender swap, but Mm -hmm. I think she'll be awesome. Tilda Swinton, do you remember, did you see Constantine, the film? Yes, 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 I did. She was the one angel that he kept talking to. Oh, okay. The really skinny lady. Yeah, so she's been in like a lot of that kind of stuff and just like brought a level of gravitas, you know? So I think she'll be cool. She was a queen in uh, Narnia too. Narnia stuff, yep, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, really high caliber casting there. What gravitas means for the rest of you people out there and for me. Did you is that, Google it? That, no, gravitas. I actually know, but gravitas <laughs> is, is gravitas. when they, they think it's going to be a flaky movie because it's based on a comic. And they get this Emmy, an Oscar, and whatever Academy Award winning person to bring this epic Shakespearean acting experience to what they think is going to be a, a crappy movie. So, But it was. I loved Constantine, and I loved her in it. I thought she was Constantine. Damn it. Shut up, Claude. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Sound it out. Sound it out. Use your words. Look, phonics didn't work for yeah. McFall. <laughs> it was stupid. What is stupid about it is I, I freak, I don't do them all the time, obviously, but I do freaking speaking classes and enunciation classes and then I do consisting. So it's, it's, oh my goodness. Uh, somebody pick a topic let's, and go on. Let's no, talk about Save yourself. Uh, Come on funny. without me. It's funny because you remind me of a guy, a local guy that plays clicks with us. He's a college professor. He's an awesome dude. He's a friend of mine. But he mispronounces literally every character in the Marvel and DC universes when we're playing hero clicks. He re- <laughs> I just don't think he reads the cards like very carefully or qu- he just scans them quickly. He mispronounces every name and I'm always just sitting there like, dude. Do you even read, bro? (laughs) (laughs) It's just really funny. So you remind me of him, like, and so, like, I'll be at clicks and it'll happen and I'll be like, Oh, McFall. <laughs> then I'll be on the shows with you, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, Ib, being the other guy. 
So shout out to Ib. That's, nice. that's awesome. He to this. I'm sure he will at some point. But yeah, <laughs> it's never a dull moment, my friend. It's okay. Well, I'll, we I guess I'll take that. <laughs> uh, but carry on. Let's uh, let's move on. Speaking of uh, movies, we'll move on to something uh, Marvel release. Well, <laughs> no, let's get this straight. It was not a release by Marvel. It was released by uh, Fox, and it is the Fantastic Four movie. Fantastic, since they replaced that A with oh, a yeah. four. Got to pronounce the it like fantastic that. Fantastic flop. The yeah, fantastic fan- boar. <laughs> There's so many, the so many great names. Four, four, four on the floor because of their Rotten Tomatoes. Rating. Now, did any of the three of us actually see the movie? No. No. I, I gotta tell you, I've been thinking about pirating it, and I'm even questioning that because, and not that we endorse pirating, that's so bad, don't do that. But it's, I've heard it's just so bad. But review after review after review of people has come out and just said, the finally, the last one was a comic hack. Uh, Scaramouche, the comic hack, is a, a friend of mine. He writes some great stuff. And his, said, his summary was never ever see it, not even in a train wreck rate. Do not see this thing. Wow. And we were talking prepping for this, right? That they came out a week after it released and said, hey, you know, we're going to, we're committed to these characters. We're going to green light Fantastic Four 2 and we're going to move forward. And on top of that, they had put a moratorium on reviews till week after it was released. Mm -hmm. So there were no reviews going into it. And even a week after the official reviews were were put behind the line, you can't review this. We might have mentioned this on the last episode. I can't remember. But when you do that, it's bad juju, man. You know it's bad. It's a bad sign. (laughs) We don't want you saying how good. Nobody ever says we don't want you revealing (laughs) any information about how good our movie is to the outside world. Uh, And then, Klotz, you said that you thought that they came back in a week after they said they're committed to the characters, canceled the green line. I saw something somewhere. I can't confirm this because I don't know where it is right now. Uh, like I can't, I can't find the link quickly. But basically, I saw something where they initially said that they stood by the characters and the IP, and that they believed in the franchise, like they believed in Fantastic Four. And then I heard a few days later that they officially scrapped the second film. Wow! And then greenlit Deadpool two ahead of time. Now. That is unsubstantiated fact, okay? Like, that is just something I saw on the internet. I did not confirm it, mm-hmm. but it made me laugh, and I saw it in passing. Right If that's now. the case, though, it's probably the right play, and I'm oh, sure yeah. they'll put something out Fantastic Four related at some point in order to hold the rights, because that's just their game plan now. Right. It's one of these things, like, the topic gets brought up in regards to Fox and how they've handled things. It also gets brought up in regards to Spider-Man with Sony. There's a point where you have to ask the question, are you just holding on to this thing because you have it and you want to like cash in on this craze or is it because you actually want to produce something meaningful because the beauty of the mcu is that that project started off as they wanted to produce something meaningful you know what i mean like obviously Mm -hmm. it's it's marvel and it's disney and they want to make money they're big mega corporation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they have put a tremendous amount of care and focus into what they're putting out. Every film has been a good comic book film. Not all of them have been somebody's favorites. You know what I mean? Like Iron Man 2 and 3 get slammed sometimes, particularly 3, because people Mm -hmm. didn't really expect it to get dark the way it did. You know, the Thor films, you got to like Thor. You know what I mean? Like if you're not down with Thor, they're kind of a little bit rough around the edges, but they're not god-awful terrible piles. They're just not as good as Avengers or Avengers 2. You know, they're not as good as some of the, like, 
Iron Man one, like some of the best Winter films. Soldier, yeah. the tent poles. Uh, yeah. Winter Soldier was. I still stand by the fact that Winter Soldier would work without a single Marvel character in it. It would still yeah. work yeah, as yeah. like a political thriller. You know what I mean? The cool part about it is that they were tapped into something that was going to happen before it even happened. I mean, the Edward Snowden thing happened after that film was already in production. So the script was done. You know what I mean? Like they were making the film and then the question of how much surveillance is too much surveillance, how safe, you know, what do we yeah. give up in the name of our safety? That's a great film. I think about kids who are going to grow up watching that, that film in particular, and it opens up their mind. You know, it's like it's it's an awesome action film. It's got great comical characters in it, but it also says, hey, sometimes things come at a cost and you have to evaluate. So yeah, MCU, careful attention. They're always trying to do the best that they can. And you just don't see that from the other companies. They're like, oh, well, we've got this property that we paid for some number of years ago, and we've tried a few, like, how many And look, times? they're making millions. We need some of that. Exactly. It's the neighbor across the street that comes over to your, your fantastic uh, summer party and says, oh, wow, these tiki torches are really awesome. Can I borrow these? And they <laughs> borrow the tiki torches and take it back to their yard, and they think they can have an awesome yard party by just sticking those tiki yeah. torches in the ground. But yeah. no, no, they're crappy parties, and they look over still you're, you're still having these awesome parties, even though they've got your tiki torches and they realize, oh man, we just don't know how to build a good party around these tiki torches. Yeah. Exactly. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, you it's it. a weird, you know, out of nowhere analogy, but it works. It's true though. It's like Fox. They've given up a couple of the properties. They've had two films in the Fantastic Four franchise before this mm -hmm. that were not, they were not terrible flops. They weren't smash successes but they were i mean they were popular at the time but people just kind of wrote them off as oh it's just comic book films you know so people who are comic fans yeah, and i, I fans really hated the stuff. second one i thought they they murdered the silver surfer well it definitely personally. wasn't up to yeah. what the par that it could have been they tried to do the dc thing i've had this conversation with a couple people you know when they did batman begins and the subsequent films they really keyed in on we're gonna do the dark anti-hero we're gonna do it in a modern style it's we're gonna do it tight it's going to be really, you know, high production quality. We're moving way away from the camp of the Burton yeah. Bat films and, and such. You know what I mean? Which those films are fun for what they are. But yeah, OK, they had a precedence that they had to move away from. They had to say, OK, if we're going to reinvigorate this franchise, we have to not have it be anything like the one we just had. Yeah. So with that in mind, you can't necessarily do that with arguably the most boring and difficult IP out of Marvel, that being, you know, the first family of Marvel. Fantastic yeah. Four has been a dud for a long time because the stories have been told. It's generally the four characters. I mean, they've added other characters in, which is weird, but um, you know, over the years, there's, yeah. been, there's been additional team members and everything. They've done other stories, but they're the oldest characters in the, you know what I mean? Yeah, Stop. The first family. Yeah. You're, you're not going to make them edgy and new like because that's clearly what the goal was like yes. you're just not going to accomplish that and i'm not trying to be a downer here it's just like they're not really meant to be that way they're meant to be a little like you know more comical they're i mean literally comical like mm -hmm. and so that's my whole thing is it's like you're getting it wrong like you have this franchise in your hands and you don't know how to use it i also don't know that 
a Fantastic Four driven film is a good idea. I think they're excellent support characters. I think if Marvel Studios had them back and they were able to sprinkle them into the MCU and not base an entire film on them, Mm -hmm. it would be way different. Well, I think there's a way to do it where it's not... You know, where we don't have to tell the origin story one more time. Right. You know, let's do it as a as a discovery of the negative zone. And yeah, it happens to be about the Fantastic Four and them discovering the negative zone. But it takes place after the team has already been established. They've got their powers. If you need to explain who they are and where they came from, do it during the opening credits like one of the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man uh, movies did. And have the focus not be on, oh, man, we've got these new powers. Oh, what are we going to do with them? Have it be on, yeah, we know. We, we've, we've fought the Mole Man. We've fought Doctor Doom. Holy crap, what's this Annihilist thing in the, in the negative zone that uh, Reed just accidentally opened a portal to? Or, or something along those lines. Um, there were aspects of that that could have made the Silver Surfer movie so good. Right, you know the the rise of the Silver Surfer, just the fact that they they didn't have to dwell on that origin story. It's just the rest was so bad. Galactus being a cloud, you know, mm-hmm. thing, things that things that didn't have to be changed, which is you know obviously the uh, one of the biggest complaints that can be leveled against the non Marvel movies. But have it be have it walk into it uh, just like the story's already been established, like Winter Soldier. You didn't have to have Steve Rogers origin story and it's such a great you know great movie any of these later films avengers 2 iron man 2 and 3 to some degree you know we've talked about how those are kind of the less favorite of the iron man movies but still when you don't have to dwell on an origin story for a movie i think it opens it up to where you can say okay this is a heist movie or this is a political thriller or this is an action you know a, a drama and you don't have to say yeah it's a superhero movie because we have to introduce who these superheroes are Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, the biggest complaint really of the whole film that I've heard is Doom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He looks like he's on meth. So, and, and we're, <laughs> is we're that, getting. Is that what people are saying? Well, somebody put up the meme. It was you know, the Doctor Doom from the original crappy movies. And it says, this is this is Doom in Fantastic Four. This is Doom on meth. And they put them side <laughs> by side. Questions? Yeah. It was, it was like, well, yeah. Uh, well, I've heard them <laughs> called like dubstep Doom. <laughs> like stuff like that. Like. <laughs> I will have to watch this movie at some point. One, because it's out there. But two, because my son sees it previews he's 10 years old he doesn't get it and i don't want to ruin it for him you know i don't want to right. bring truth into you know his science fiction so that he I'm, doesn't support this film yeah. because <laughs> i made that mistake and got punished Dr. Wife, Doom is so. an angry blogger yeah, yeah. um I just saw the joy on his face when he sees the previews, and maybe in his 10-year-old world, it'll be a good movie. I mean, there were plenty of movies I thought were great when I was 10 that turned out to not be so great later. Sure. So I will have to watch this, but God, man, everybody keeps saying Doom's an angry blogger. I'm like, I'm just hoping that this is some kind of internet wrongness, because that's just, I'm already getting a headache thinking about it, honestly. It's like, dude, that that hurts. For me, the thing is, okay, and Fox is going to have an issue with Apocalypse. We've seen the pre-CGI enhanced or rendered version of Apocalypse, Mm -hmm. and people are unimpressed. Mm -hmm. And it really brings us around to the fact, you know what? One of the things about comic book films is the villains are iconic. And you can do a lot to change individual characters or teams and, you know, give them a new look, shake things up. But... One of the things that keeps the universe persistent for a lot of people is that the 
villains are persistent in their goals and they're persistent in the kind of the general look and feel of them. The other two Fantastic Four films from the aughts had traditional iconic doom and he worked like they had a good actor for him. They didn't have the best lines for that guy, but right. they, you know what I mean? They had a good actor who looked the part, who could play the part. Has to um, be arrogant, has to be, you know, yeah. full of himself and not just a over-the-top translation of a current right. uh, and style And people villain. love Doom, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's that villain that walks the line. He's kind of like the Lex Luthor for Marvel, where, like, he's a villain, kind of, you know, like, I mean, he's always oppositional, but it's like his motivations are just different, you know what I mean? Like, he wants to bring the world to his vision, you know what I mean? He's already set like he's good that character works for many people he's kind of an egomaniac and he thinks he has the solution and you don't have to make him any different than that and you don't have to change the classic costume dramatically you can spruce it up a little bit you know if you want to make it look like a modern version of it but for me doom is a badass helmet with a billowing cloak and a hood and that is doom and that is why he's scary you know it's that darth vader effect I've always said, like, with Star Wars, with the prequels, the moment they show, like, when when you see Anakin becoming Darth Vader, you know what I mean? It kills Darth Vader as the scariest guy in sci-fi ever for me. Right, right. Yeah. Because he's he's no longer this mysterious, imposing figure. Even with the original trilogy, when when his helmet gets taken off and you see him you know, as who he is underneath. As the worst California raisin impression ever. (laughs) It still has some weight to it, though, because you just see that he's old and withered, but he's held together by his connection with the Force. You know, I mean, it's his iron will that has kept him going. It can be the same way with Doom. You know, like, you can just don't keep butchering these iconic villains, especially. And I'm I'm worried the same thing's going to happen with Apocalypse. He just doesn't... Oh, man, it's like if they don't get that costume right, if they don't get that look and feel right, people are already upset that he doesn't have the lips thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, people identify so strongly, like people will take a lot with the heroes. They'll take costume because costume changes are fun. You know what I mean? And we've been trained to expect that in the comics. Right. Exactly. They're going to change costumes. They're going to switch teams. You know, they're going to do a lot of different things. But the villains are persistent and consistent. You know what I mean? They're always. That's one thing, though, I mentioned earlier about Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series. They completely changed the look and feel of Green Goblin. And it's just weird to me. He's kind of hulked out a little bit like he's a big physically imposing figure instead of kind of a live guy floating around on his jetpack thing. I forget mm-hmm. what it's called. The the bat the thing. goblin glider. Yeah. Goblin glider, not bat thing. Yeah. The it bat- always reminds me of like a Batman toy accessory. <laughs> right. It uh, totally is. Right. <laughs> so the bat know. hover hover thing. <laughs> the bat hoverer overover. But yeah, right. so that's my stance on that whole thing. I think that's one of the things that will contribute to a film falling flat on its face. Look at Age of Ultron. The the beauty of Ultron is that he changes shape. You know, like as time goes on, he changes forms. He becomes better with each iteration. But he's still like, you still get it that he's Ultron. Like he doesn't look that different from the classic Ultrons of the comic books that people who are fans of that era aren't like, oh yeah, it's Ultron. He just looks like a, a physical, like real world version of what we've seen on the comic pages over the years. And there's lots of different versions of Ultron from the comic books. I mean, we just had Age of Ultron Wave 2 come out for Hero Clicks. There's a bunch of new sculpts and they're awesome. You know, so there's lots of different things out there, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Um, you know, Loki, they made him look a little more modern, but he still looks like he, you know, they gave him the classic horns helmet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
when you see him with that on, you're like, all right, that's Loki. You can change his costume a bunch throughout the rest of this movie, but I've seen Loki in the way that I wanted Loki to look. I'm happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Let me climb off my soapbox on this topic. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I think they just, they don't understand what we want as comic fans. I think they also keep trying to appeal to people who aren't comic fans. I'm like, everybody's comic fans now. Like, that's the reality. The reason why Marvel and all the other comic stuff has taken off is because it's become acceptable in the mainstream to be a fan of comic books and comic related things. It's a lot more socially acceptable now to be a nerd and nerd it out publicly than it ever has been in the past. So stop trying to sell something to a demographic that doesn't really exist because there's no reason that yeah. Joe Schmo can't just walk in and enjoy these films too because they do. Yeah, You don't break a billion dollars gross on a comic book film without <laughs> it having mass appeal. That's how that works. So, yeah. so before we wrap this up, we, we were talking about Fantastic Four, the sequel. So far, an IMDb. Let me go back one uh, because you're going to like this. The IMDb is set as not yet released. Well, duh. June 9th, 2017 <laughs> is the target release date. It is plot is unknown, which could be said for this current Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, production note, status is optioned property. So they've optioned the property and the update was on June 30th. So it's just an option right now. Uh, there is no killing it or going forward. It literally is. They just still own the option for it. Now, I did click on the part you're going to really like as I clicked on see full cast and crew. Okay. And it's the four. It's the four actors who signed contract deals and produced by Avi Arad and Stan Lee, both as executive producers. Like, though, those are just guys who have their names attached because they get money yeah. from this. They're contractually attached. All six of those people as part of the cast and crew are contractually attached to this project period. So it's really just an option is the official thing that we can find out there. Also keep in mind that IMDb probably has some lag on getting updated because they they won't hear anything official from the actual studios until they go public with it. Well, I I I use Google and Google basically had the same thing. Like you were saying, you can't really find the, the sources that you saw before. So, yeah, I mean, though, I've I have read some articles where people have said that they've heard talk in the industry from people word of mouth stuff where Fox is basically just committed to pumping out whatever steaming pile they have to to maintain the rights at this point. I could see that, especially with the battle that's going on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's their stance is uh, last year's Oscars, the most recent one. Mm -hmm. They did a Into the Woods uh, musical number with Jack Black and he had a really key line in that where he mocked the fact that he basically had a line about how everything that's doing well in the box office is a comic book film and their implications that it's destroying the industry and I've read some articles where you know there's concern from people who work in the film industry that franchise driven content particularly the you know the Marvel films and everything that Disney owns are grinding the film industry into the dust because really because we don't have like 30 James Bonds out there and you <laughs> well, know let's throw out no, anything else that they like oh I'm sorry we don't have a shock a lot too my bad well no yeah well that's the thing though is that <laughs> Bond is a franchise like if you think about it what everybody's going to see is sequels to things that have already been successful mm-hmm. and franchise Remakes, based stuff reboots right so there's no like original quote unquote and that's heavy emphasis on quote unquote original films so i can understand how the rest of the industry might be a little scared right now obviously with the digital age piracy and everything like that contributes to less people going to see films in the theater and buying dvds when they come out also just a general like change shift in the 
you know, tastes of people. A lot of these studios are really suffering. Like they're really having a hard time staying competitive with the, the giant that Disney and all of its properties have become. I mean, because between the MCU and now Star Wars kicking back off, they're just going to destroy everybody for the next decade. Everybody's going to be go turning up to see Disney. Right. But they stuff. do that anyway for Disney. I mean, no, no, you... no. But, so what I'm saying, though, is from Fox's perspective, they don't want to give that up. If they make any money at all off of it, that it's only a positive at this point. And if they did, give they it, make the real question though: Did they make money off of it? Oh no, they're not going to make money off this film. Well, they I didn't might think on the so. back end. They might on the back end after it goes. You know, it might do well overseas because the overseas markets are different. You know, they're not driven by the media hype that the U.S. audiences, North American audiences, I should say, and the European audience to a certain degree. Once they go to like DVD and digital distribution, I think a lot of a lot more people will opt in at that point, possibly. A couple years down the road, it might be profitable, but I don't think it will be this year. I think, if anything, it's going to be a big loss. I don't know what their budget was. I haven't seen the numbers on it yet, but... Well, I would say, if they would stop treating it like the middle finger and start treating it like a mm. passion project, X-Men First Class, mm -hmm. I like those movies. Those oh, yeah. are Fox. They are not Marvel, and yet I felt like they were treated with appropriate respect and fandom that there's only minor things that I would pick. I still did not like... They, nobody can do a beast correctly for me as far as the, the costuming of him it just doesn't it looks like a dude in makeup i don't know how you're going to do it differently but that's I one mean, of the few nitpicks i have on it i kind of did like kelsey grammar and so yeah <laughs> yeah well, but he's about, still uh, weird looking you know what about I, uh alan cumming as uh nightcrawler same kind of thing where you yeah. did a dude in blue makeup but the, he liked, sold it though to me he totally sold it yeah yeah, yeah. it's but, a shame that they didn't bring him back you also hear from actors who do heavy prosthetics like that, that it sucks and they never mm -hmm. want to do it again. Like they, right, they do it right. unless they throw a pile of money at them, which I'm pretty sure they weren't going to throw a pile of money at Alan Cummings. They don't really want to keep no. doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm an Oscar winner, right? You know, the, <laughs> you know, who, I've won awards. <laughs> well, who wants to go to work at like five or six in the morning, sit in a chair for three hours and have makeup put on you where you can't do anything, then go sit on set, you know, shoot your couple scenes that day. Right go through the process of having everything stripped back off and that's your work day and you're committed to that for x number of weeks that sounds really shitty <laughs> to be yeah, honest it yeah um, however so working and doing that for like rebecca Roma rebecca romaine or uh, jennifer lawrence doesn't sound like that bad a job right <laughs> that's a mcfall line he's, he's it kind of out. is yeah, yeah he stepped away from the mic side that kind of was I got, you took that one that's awesome <laughs> but yeah no it's just a it's a mud fest now they're just they're slinging mud They've lost. Everybody else has lost. Everybody who bought up Marvel properties who hasn't given them up already, you've lost the war. They recovered. And, you you know, whatever money you made and whatever money you will make will be a, a mere glint in the eye of that Mickey Mouse. Right. It's what he's cashing in like crazy right now. And legitimately so, though. That's the thing. The MCU films are good. And these other films are largely not. It's true. That's very true. Uh, let's move on and talk about something else that is, uh, well, that, that some of us think is good. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's a good good time for a discussion on this. Loot Crate kind of started the, the ball rolling, but there are all these other companies that are doing this now where you pay X amount per month or per quarter or per, you know, per delivery and get a box of geek, randomized geek stuff 
that if you were to purchase individually would cost a lot more, but um, as a as a group you get it for you know pennies on the dollar compared to uh, compared to that. Loot Crate obviously being the first one. There's Arcade Block, Nerd Block, Horror Block, the company that does all those. There's uh, Comic Bento, which does the same thing for graphic novels. There's Quarterly, which comes out every three months but has different people curating them. So you know you might get a culinary set, you might get a toy set, you might get a photography set, depending on whose quarterly you follow. Uh, both Jinx and superhero stuff put these things out on a per basis, and I'm guessing Think Geek is probably not too far behind. Don't forget uh, about don't forget about uh, Marvel Collector's Core. Oh, Marvel! Yeah, another good example. Marvel Collector's Core. Yes. Which ones of these? I mean, obviously, Loot Crate kind of started this. Are they still kind of the reigning champion as far as what percentage of the contents of a typical box you're happy to receive versus the percent that you put aside and say, yeah, I'll give this to a friend who might be into Doctor Who or a friend who might be into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers or whatever. By the what way, the, that that's me in all three categories. So you know. is it you? You're the, yeah. you're the I'm the friend that likes all. You're those the friend things. that I'd be passing those things yeah, along to. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing. Well, first of all, Loot Crate is king largely because they were the first. Mm-hmm. And in this kind of stuff, branding is key. People refer to these as crates, you know, or loot, loot something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're branding, they're the Kleenex of boxed pa- packages, you know what I mean? <laughs> and with that, they've got some clout. So they've set up relationships with the various vendors and various, uh, you know, production companies to get official exclusive stuff that I don't think most of the other packages are offering. Like we got that sweet Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. badge out of Loot Crate. Mm -hmm. Um, Hooker from the show, official. Some of the Funko Pop stuff that comes out through Loot Crate Mm -hmm. is Loot Crate specific, like the Groot and the uh, Batman. That stuff is awesome. Like that stuff is so out of this world amazing when you do get it if you like it because it's like it's not quite one of a kind but it's it's exclusive it's relatively rare that was the first month that i got when you guys got it for me mm-hmm. for christmas was i got the batman in the 60s show version of joker's costume colors and it's a cool conversation piece it's a cool thing that i have up on my shelf that i really enjoy like at first i was kind of met about it because i wasn't it's not really one of my main interests but as time has gone on, I, I look at it and I'm like, man, that means something to me because for one, you guys gifted it to me. So it's from the show and it means something, but it also is like, it's truly unique. You know, you can't walk into any store and buy that off the shelf. And that is something that is hard to replicate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's just something you can't accomplish elsewhere. And I think that's going to be the problem for a lot of these other crate deals. However, as I said in the pre-show here, what I find with the with the six months of Loot Crate that I had, I would get one month and I'd be totally stoked about everything that was in it. And then the next month I'd be like, what is, it was, it's just a pile of things. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a pile of yeah. things that, that don't resonate for me. Like uh, they And Mrs. Ibbett says, and another t-shirt. I know. know. Those are the first things that get doled out to other people in the loot crates I receive. And all of these arcade block comes with them. Superhero stuff comes with them. They're the first things that I like. Uh, Hey, George, Uncle George, you ready for another T-shirt? To the point where I don't put my size in the T-shirt column anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I put other people's sizes, Tristan's size, my son and, and Uncle George. Yeah. Then I get bummed out, though, if it's something I really want. I'm like, oh, I want this. I'll give up another T-shirt to keep this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes it's not like uh, the Power Rangers one that came out through Loot Crate with the green and white Ranger on it. That had no 
resonance for you, McFall. Mm -hmm. But for yeah. me, as a kid who grew up in that era, like, because I was a 90s kid, you know, I, I'm 31 now, I was born in 84. So, you know, the formative years of my youth were, I will never forget seeing the early commercials for Power Rangers, the original very first series. Go, go, as a kid, I grew up on Ninja Turtles in the 80s and G.I. Joes, and I see this show that's going to be about robot dinosaurs. First of all, I love dinosaurs. <laughs> so robot dinosaurs controlled by ninjas. <laughs> I was, my mind was blown, dude. Like, my mind was literally Which blown. Which is the target like, audience for that show. Right. Yeah. And so for, for me, that shirt is cool. Like, the crazy thing about the Loot Crate shirt t-shirts, uh, all the ones that I've gotten so far mm -hmm. have always gotten a compliment somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. notice them. They're like, that shirt's really cool. Where'd you get it? And I'm like, dude, it's a Loot Crate exclusive. Like you have to hit the hit the eBay's, man, because <laughs> right. yeah. you can't just walk into a store and buy it. And that's what's cool about it. You know, so, yeah, some things will be hit or miss, but a lot of it is just going to be relatively exclusive stuff. And then some stuff like if you hang on to it, sometimes it grows on you. Like uh, one of the last months that I got, I think it might have been the last month uh, I got the Rick and Morty puzzle that came in mm -hmm. one of them. I hadn't watched the show until a couple weeks ago watched the first season the second season just came out i love that show now that puzzle meant nothing to me the first hmm. day that i had it did the puzzle ago. prompt you to watch it or was it something else nope. that made you decide to watch it and then uh it was getting a lot of buzz online like people mm -hmm. kept referencing it and generally if people reference something i'll at least try to check it out sure and uh then i watched it and it's really funny and i well the other thing that really got me into rick and morty was dan Harmon is involved and dan Harmon's the guy behind community oh, community yeah and a bunch of other good stuff so i was like oh hell yeah okay and it's funny and like the second season is cranked up uh the first season was pretty good but the second season is cranked up their raunchiness and like the just it's it's good <laughs> it's, it's a it's kind of like a slightly it's like a weird doctor who family guy variant in a way if that makes any sense at all it's you know it doesn't have all the whoisms but it's really well, you got me one to check it out Check it out, yeah, and, yeah. and give it a few episodes. It kind of reminds me a lot of Futurama in a way, like because it's got a lot oh, of wow. inside jokes and stuff like that. And this second season is just insane. Like, it is crazy <laughs> and funny. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so like I said, some of the stuff, you know, resonates later. So yeah, that's kind of my stance on it is I'm like, if you're not doing the Loot Crate, if you're doing some of the others where they're, because let's be honest, some of the other ones are just, hey, we're going to assemble a pile of stuff stick it in a box and send yeah, it. Yeah, but there are a couple that I think stand out beyond that. I mean, I think the there's there's ones that are specifically targeted, for example, the collector's core. If yes. you are a collector of Funko Pop stuff, mm -hmm. you need to have... And Marvel. And Marvel stuff. And Marvel. Well, specifically Marvel Funko yeah. Pop stuff, because that's basically what you're going to get. You're yeah. going to get an exclusive every, every three months on, on something like this. One of the cool things that I mentioned superhero stuff does this, theirs isn't necessarily a subscription-based thing. It's a, you buy this every month. You know, they give you a reminder to say, hey, now's the time to buy it if you want it. But what's cool is they give you a choice of nine different franchises that are going to be the source of all the things you get. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. If it's going to be a t-shirt, keychain, socks, whatever, you're going to get a bunch of stuff, but it's either all going to be Captain America or all Batman or all uh, Secret Wars related. And what's they have a really Batman backpack on their website, 45% off. There you go. See, that's 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 the superhero stuff one. That one I really like, although once you've kind of gone through the three or four out of those nine that you want, you kind of wait for them to pop up a new one that's like, oh, okay, I don't have a Star Wars one or a Spider-Man one. You know, obviously, you can pretty much guess that 
maybe you're not going to get all the same things if you do two Guardians of the Galaxy ones in a row, but you're probably going to get some some duplicates, some overlap. Uh, that's a good one to check out, superherostuff.com and uh, uh, marvelcollectorscore.com uh, are the, um, the two really good ones besides Loot Crate. I think that's the thing. You know, Loot Crate, as you mentioned, that's probably the gold standard. And because they were early in, they've got relationships with all these people to get their exclusives. They're the one to kind of stick with. But then there's these other ones that you can kind of jump in on. Comic Bento was kind of nice. I did that just for uh, six months. And you get like four or five graphic novels per month of stuff that you normally wouldn't pick up. And it's introduced me to all these other franchises, all these other stories that uh, that are really cool. Um, so that's worth looking at too. And you know, to answer the question, is it worth your money? When I first heard a loop about, about Loot Cray, it's from these two gentlemen here. And I was like, what? What is that? And they kind of went through a private spiel similar to what we're talking about now about all of it. And I started doing some research and I came across the arcade block and the nerd block. And honestly, it's hard to do your research because I'll show you some of what was in the past boxes, but you never really know. That's the whole appeal right. of it. You never really know it's what gambling. you're going to get. Yeah. And so I ended up landing with Loot Crate and you've done both. And it's mm -hmm. gone back and forth. Like the months that I, I was disappointed in Loot Crate happened to be the month that you're excited about Arcade Box or whatever box. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, look, it's got this freaking toy from Ghostbusters. It's got, like, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but there have been definitely times when Loot Crate was epic. But I realized yeah. what got me in the Loot Crate was the fact that Ibit held up the Funko Groot exclusive, mm. the Glow in the Dark Moss Hand Groot. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's my jam, man. I love the Funko stuff, especially Marvel. I, I like the different properties that I like. I want them in the Funko collectibles. And so I got into it. Well, when Marvel Collectors Corps came around, it's Funko and Marvel, period, teamed right. up. Right. I was like, shut up and take my money. And they did happily. <laughs> and I signed up for the year immediately. And as Loot Crate kept coming, I was like, well, this month there's no bobblehead and this month there's nothing that makes me super excited and and i'm actually wearing a t-shirt today that's pirates versus ninjas from loot crate that is a cool shirt but when i saw it I went, okay that's kind of cool and so you really just kind of listen to this show you know listen mm -hmm. to this segment and that might help you decide now we'll say my wife and i are going to go buy the boys crate and the girls crate uh, for our kids oh, yeah. because they love when I get that box and they want to know what's in it. And actually I've been holding stuff from the boxes for them for their birthdays and Christmases. And we're like, is it's cheap enough that like, this would be a really cool birthday present. But what we did is we went to YouTube and that's what you need to do. Loot crate unboxing. Yeah. Uh, arcade block unboxing and watch a few of those and see yeah. kind of the typical stuff that you're going to get in one of those. Yeah. And what's weird is when the adults do it is it's so creepy. The boys box and the guy was like, well, I got the <laughs> The boys box and the girls box and in this one this is what's different and it's like dude you're 40 act like it's for your kid for a second right, or something you're creeping right. me out man but he did it for his channel i guess yeah you can research it on youtube unboxing and just add the title whatever and you'll you'll get a better idea yeah, for sure. Now, here's something funny. Just as we were talking about this, came in at, uh, you know, one minute ago in my inbox, I saw it pop up in the corner of the of my screen. So flipped over to it. It's the new superhero hero box. And they just announced two new ones. Nightwing and Robin and Harley Quinn are two new themed boxes you can get. So if you're, you know, this is kind of the cool thing about this one is that, oh, I love Batman. So I'll go do the Batman box. Or I love Harley Quinn. I'll go do the Harley Quinn box. That's what makes it really, really cool now, to, to get into one of these. How do you find the box? Because I'm finding all the clothing stuff. Oh, it wait, there is, it is. I found it. 
There yeah, Hero Box is what it's called. Yeah, so gotcha. 70 bucks worth of stuff for 49 bucks. Gender, you choose theme, you choose gender, you yeah. choose shirt size. I, I get it's for shirts because they're cut differently, but I love this. Harley Harley <laughs> Quinn, Hero Box, Harley Quinn edition 2.0 for men. It's like, right. well, I'm signing <laughs> up for that one. Uh, right. Hey, whatever whatever you're into, sure. So, uh, but there's there's our, I think that's our comprehensive answer to, is it worth the money? I think I so. Know. Yeah, for sure. Depends. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the what we're reading, playing, watching, etc. And uh, Charles, why don't you go first? All right. I'm back to playing Puzzle Quest, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Oh, uh, I haven't played that in a while. Yeah. You know, well, I got out of it because it's so demanding because if you get serious and into alliances, you've got to keep up on the PVPs. And they yeah. introduced a one hour flash PVP. It's like, cheesy, crazy. I cannot do this and keep up with MAA. So I put it away. But the other day I was like, I'm bored on my phone. I'd like to have a little something to play with uh, and I was thinking I want something non-time sensitive right I don't want my whatever to die because I didn't log in the day and you know something that I can just put whatever effort I want to then I got thinking I like puzzle games let me get a puzzle game I'm like well if I'm gonna play puzzle games I'll play this one again might as well and after taking that break of gotta catch them all and gotta keep up <laughs> you come back into it and by the way when I tied back into my Facebook I spent like four hours just accepting gifts because people keep sending them and I had so many things to collect uh, when I was in. That was really cool uh, to log into that. Uh, so I got another couple of cool characters. But I, I play it when I want to. And that whole drive of you've got to catch them all and you've got to keep up. Once you take that step back and come back to it, it changed. So that, that was fun. A brand new app on the tablet that I'm playing that all you old school gamers will just squee about. I read the description. I went, all right, I'll give it a try because it sounds like it's trying to introduce me to Dungeons and Dragons called Loot and Legends. <laughs> the icon is a non Dungeons and Dragons red dragon with a big 20 sided die on the front of it. <laughs> and it's this tongue in cheek version of tabletop gaming that uh, has some kid brother. You're the kid brother's friend, right? As the user. And he's trying to teach you how to play. And his older brother keeps coming in all arrogant, clots like sometimes. Uh, <laughs> about, Ouch. Uh, uh, no, Klotz will actually think that's an honor. I mean, he's not a douchebag. He's just very funny, very stereotypical. This is how you play. You're not doing it right. And something that Klotz actually wouldn't do. But it was just fun to... Klotz is big into tabletop games. And he puts that affectation on when he schools me because he knows it's fun. It's just this very easy to understand, easy to dive into paper tabletop game where you stick things to your actual characters in the game and and you know like the little cards they would be taped on and at some point in the first levels the older brother takes all the stuff away so the guy has to hand draw everything and there's a piece <laughs> taped to a chess piece on the board to hold it up and it, yeah it's humorous <laughs> great yeah i'm looking at this right it's now it's fun it's simple there's no time demand it is free to play which is freemium so they want you to buy pizza is a currency in the game so they want you to buy pizza yeah. and, and there's other things i'll go ahead and tell you guys the club doesn't really seem worth it right now uh, there's a club you can join for X amount of pizza slices to get mm. better loot, and they'll mm. give it to you for an hour for free. So I played that entire hour, got some decent loot, and didn't renew it because I'm not going to spend money on this because I know I'm not going to play it that much. I've, I've played that it. game. Its online version is called Card Hunter, uh, Loot and Legends. They might have rebranded that one too, but I know they're the same game. The Loot and Legends one is the like phone and app for, or tablet version. Okay. I've played it a lot, and it's really fun like if you grew up playing D, &D 
you're going to laugh at all the little in-jokes because every board map, I should say, you know, every area where you fight stuff is a board, like a tabletop board. And it's got like, you'll see like the, the trappings of a D&D session, like, you know, discarded Fritos or whatever. And, it, you know, obviously not branded stuff, but um, like, it's just cool. And it references every once in a while, they'll reference like a legit D&D thing, not directly, but like they'll hint at it and stuff. And it's real tongue in cheek. It's a really fun game. It's actually really well designed in my opinion too like uh because it's it's kind of a card game but it's kind of a miniatures game at the same time because the equipment you put on your characters they each piece of equipment adds x amount of cards that do various different things to your Mm -hmm. deck and so like if you put boots on certain boots on they'll give you a bunch of fast movement like you know really far movement abilities if you put on like a certain kind of sword or something like it might do more powerful close range attacks or it might let you if you put a spear on or something like that you might be able to attack a few squares away it's really genius the way they put it together because it it allows you to really customize the experience on your various characters it's pretty fun it can be super frustrating though too i will say that some of the like the missions and stuff it just get real frustrating and you're just like no no (laughs) there's a pvp mode too that's pretty cool it's they did a really good job for a free-to-play game it's very deep and you can get a lot of enjoyment out of it and it's very stylized and awesome i will tell you with the arena which is the pvp mode which is not really pvp it doesn't seem like it seems like it's just a different style but maybe it is it's gonna cost you money Flat out. I mean, if you want to be competitive, yeah. yeah. If you want to be competitive, the first round's free, and then there's a clock set, basically the end of the tournament, that you can get another free turn, you know, in 24 hours, whatever it is. But it resets the whole thing. So you, every time you get a free turn, you have to start over. So you're having to dump coins into getting those levels to get the better prizes. Uh, you earn plenty of coins, so if it's your thing, I'm thinking that it's going to cost some money to really progress on the arena part of it. I think the, the, the story part is going to be fine. But yeah, for everybody who's into d and I think that's a, a fun thing to play. Uh, I'm actually still reading Civil War in the, the Marvel Unlimited app, which they should totally be a sponsor of this show because that's <laughs> that thing is amazing. And I got to tell you, one thing I've really picked up, and we're going to go in depth in it with George and I on, on panel by panel uh, when we do this one. Reading through it more and more, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do with the movie because mm-hmm. the one thing that really has grown self-evident to me that's just in your face obvious is Tony Stark is such a villain in this storyline. Yeah. Yeah. He, and and the movie going audience doesn't understand how people swing and sway in the universe and how it's a very human related thing of making bad decisions sometimes and and Reed Richards can be such a horrible villain in the comics too as as can uh, Ant Man uh, Hank uh, Pym yeah they do Tony in the movie like they are in the comics it might kind of tank the Iron Man franchise after that because <laughs> the movie going on is isn't prepared for that, that guy, he's a dick yeah I mean they they they're, I don't That's I don't know the that they're reason. prepared for it. That's the reason I refer to those three characters as team evil geniuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they are arguably, they're the wolf amongst the flock. They are the three characters that are the most intelligent, the most influential, the arguably most widespread powerful, maybe not individually powerful, but sure. with their sc- reach and scope. And they continuously make terrible decisions on, yeah. that really affect everybody else in the universe all the time. And sometimes it's their ego that gets in the way. It's their overconfidence. They're three relatively similar characters in that regard and their fatal flaws. But yeah, so I, I'm right there with you, man. That's the big thing that it, like when I talk to people about the direction that the series, is, the films are going to go in if they go do it right. People are like, what? No way. 
Iron Man's like the boss. And I'm like, mm. yeah, but Avengers 2 really showed you that he's not infallible. Sometimes he doesn't think of the, the ramifications of the actions he takes. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I see a suit yeah. of armor around the world. It's like, yeah, that, it's, 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 it's a little <laughs> scary. And a little shout out to our boys over at MCU Cast, MCUcast.com. I believe they can do that. You can definitely find uh, links on Facebook, and, and it's facebook.com forward slash MCUcast. I got the guest star and uh, talk about The Incredible Hulk, where we did that. So it turns out it's a bad movie, but we had a lot of fun, and we had some reasons why. In the MCU itself, what missteps they made and, and why we think they were. And it's a very entertaining show, especially when, when we relate it to Armageddon. We all lost it for a little bit there, so you should definitely check that episode out. Uh, it's <laughs> MCU cast. I don't know if they're going to number it, but it's the Incredible Hulk review. Is that the Ed Norton Hulk? Yeah, that's definitely, in my mind, the only Hulk that's been out there. <laughs> Other than, I mean, no, the, uh, the Avengers, uh, Mark Ruffalo is amazing. The only independent yeah. Hulk that I recognize. Yeah. Poor Ang Lee. Poor yeah. Eric Bana. Yeah, no kidding. I, Man, I, I really feel like that Hulk film kind of ruined his career. He was real strong coming off of Troy. Really, like, was pretty good in that. And he had a lot of momentum, and then he did the Hulk, and, like, all of a sudden he just... Oh, he was in Black Hawk Down, too. So he had, like, all this momentum off mm. these really great blockbuster films that people loved. And then... <laughs> big ol' whiff. And then, like, yeah. you just started seeing less and less of him. Australian or from New Zealand or something. I think Australian. I think so he right. might be doing stuff back there that we're just not seeing as much over here. But I'm not sure. In any case, he's he's not a bad actor. That film wasn't really fair to him. Yeah. It kind of brutalized him. So shall I talk about what I've been reading? We've been watching The Amazing Spider-Man lately. That's a lot better than I expected, and it's pretty cool. We've been playing... Oh, man, we have Disney Infinity. We just got recently in anticipation of 3.0 coming out later this month with the Star Wars Saga Edition. We have a PS4 in the house, so we will be getting that exclusive Boba Fett figure, nice. which I'm super stoked about. Also got into Skylanders recently because it was on clearance, and it was a terrible trap, and it's a giant money pit, but it <laughs> it's is. It's a trap! <laughs> what I will say is... I've played a little bit of Trap Team, the most recent game. Most of my time's been spent in Swap Force. Swap Force is a really well-polished game, and it has some amazing voice acting. And that alone is going to be the main reason why I finished the game, is because the it's funny, it's tongue-in-cheek, it's a great platforming-style game, and then it's got awesome voice actors. Like, one of the main characters is voiced by Patrick Warburton, and I never get tired yes. of hearing his voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in all... He was there from the beginning. He's, he's in all yeah. of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Putty so, from Seinfeld, if you're unfamiliar with... Uh, yeah. Listeners are unfamiliar with him. Or The Tick. Or The Tick. Oh, God. Yeah. The Tick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or uh, Joe on Family Guy. I mean, so many... Yeah. yeah. Tons of tons of uh, things that you've made. Also been playing uh, Hero Clicks and Dice Masters. Uh, Age of Ultron Wave 2 came out, so we've been playing that in organized play. I opened one of the Ultron 18.2 Chase in Sealed Thursday and got to take two Ultron drones with me. And his ability is if he uh, would be KO'd, that means if he would be killed, 
by an action, he can basically sacrifice one of the Ultron drones and heal for a dice roll. And uh, it got into a tight situation playing against opponent in the third round where he used Wonder Man to smash me and then I healed the full amount that I could heal which is six oh, no. by sacrificing my little drone that had there's these drones that each turn they uh, get to you get to put a die on them and they get to level up each turn and then when you pop it he gets to take a ranged attack with the damage set to that amount which is pretty cool and pretty strong they're a relatively weak figure normally but i got to pop that off and then the following turn he smashes me ko's my guy and then i'm like no i roll uh oh i roll the six on a d6 i i healed six almost to full and i'm just <laughs> i just end you on the next turn uh it was really fun and terrible <laughs> he's a good guy so i feel bad art if you ever listen to this i'm really sorry <laughs> but it was a cool sit piece that had synergy with other pieces on the set which was fun and then in dice masters uh later this week i've got rainbow draft for uh age of ultron which has been a fun set as well yeah it's been really good on the whiz kids front for dice masters and hero clicks really has yeah i mean the, the one of the things that i've been enjoying a lot of lately is dice masters my son and i've been getting into it and playing it together and kind of learning it together which is really cool kind of good experience for that but uh the starter sets basically have enough for two people who've never played the game to get started and do it and it's it's totally worth picking up and Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that you're probably going to end up spending <laughs> some money. You're going to enjoy it so much that you're going to want to pick up some additional dice and characters. I mentioned uh, pre-show the Zen bins, but it was a Kickstarter thing that is just perfectly made for storing your Dice Masters stuff. So if you if you already are into Dice Masters, then check out Zen bins. Uh, a lot of great stuff on there. Also played uh, Bang at uh, Nerdtacular recently, which is a really cool dice and card game. There's several different variants. There's a Heroes of the Storm version. There's uh, a Western version, which is the one we played. Really, really good, fun tabletop game. It moves quickly and has a lot of replayability. Another one that I highly recommend is, uh, is Bang. I've also played that. I, I played it about five years ago when it was just the Western version. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it had dice yet at the time. That was the f- card one. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game and one of the things that I loved about it is that it has a social element to it. It's a little bit like Werewolf in regard or Mafia for people who've played on forums. Yep. In the regards <laughs> that people have secret roles. And so trying to figure out the people you're playing with, like especially if they're friends, would this person shoot me if he was the outlaw? <laughs> right. Would this guy shoot me to make people think he wasn't my deputy when I'm the sheriff, but he's actually my deputy? You know, it's great. It's got great interactions. I, lo- I love that game. Um, so cool. We played it so much that we hated it for a while, but that, that'll happen. Um, <laughs> we but yeah, did that with uh, Cards Against Humanity. Overplayed oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank love you for- Cards Against Humanity. But yeah. thank you for mentioning the fact that you can play it too much. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. we have we we have a couple friends who every party, every get together, they try to drag it out. And mm. I'm just at the point where I walk into the other room half the time because I'm like, the thing is, we've played this game so many times. We've played the game for so long in a single sitting. We've emptied the box with a bunch <laughs> of the expansions. Like, <laughs> and it's funny. Don't get me wrong. I always have a headache at the end of the night. I've always laughed a lot. But you get to the point where, like, everything's been done, you know, and you start to know each other's. Everybody's got a, like, a get, you know what I mean? Like, sure. And even to the point where you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, if I had this card, that would be the perfect one for this. If you're thinking about other cards you wish you had, then maybe Mm -hmm. you're playing a little bit too much. Yeah. And then some of them are just truly vulgar. Like, I I played with my mom. (laughs) Last summer. No, that, no, no, that no. That was no, a no. regretful experience. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. Gods, man, no. 
hey, it wasn't <laughs> my decision to crack it out. It wasn't mine, you know? I couldn't say no, given the opportunity to uh, sit there and laugh really hard oh, yeah. at, at my mom's reactions. <laughs> Cool. Well, we should probably uh, start wrapping the show up. Let's. Is there anything that we want to plug? I'll start. Uh, you can check out Coverville.com, your uh, weekly foray into independent artists who do uh, great covers, transformational covers of pop songs. You can also check out the morning stream at uh, frogpants.com slash TMS. It's a weekly, well, I'm sorry, a, a four times, five times weekly show that you can either watch via stream as we record it or listen to it as a podcast. I guess as most of these things are anyway. <laughs> Uh, Charles, anything you want to plug? Panel by panel with myself and Uncle George is a bi-monthly show. We're coming up on War of Kings Part 1, which is a fantastic story arc about the Inhumans and, and their relation to the Scrolls and the Kree and, and just stuff that had gone on, on Earth. And it's just this galactic. If you like the cosmic stuff, if, you've, if you're new to cosmic because you learned about it through Guardians of the Galaxy, come check out this episode where we talk about War of Kings and you just get this huge cosmic battle that pretty much has nothing to do with Earth and the rest of Marvel, as far as Earth is bound. And charlesmcfall.com, you can pretty much find all the shows that I'm on and doing and links to them there. That's the easiest way to do that, I think. Cool. Paul? I uh, I should plug my forthcoming gaming show, which will primarily focus on tabletop stuff, but I will deviate from time to time. As a matter of fact, it's looking like my first episode is actually going to be a computer game and not tabletop stuff, just because of the way schedules have been aligning. It is called Come Out and Play. And it will launch sometime relatively soon, probably in the next month here. I also want to plug a private server for Ultimate Online, Ultima Online, not Ultimate, I'm sorry, that I've been playing on recently. They're actually going to, the two developers of this server are going to be my first guests on Come Out and Play. Nice. And cool. They have launched a, a, new, a new free shard. Uh, as it's called in the community. Um, it is totally free to play, to check out. If you played UO back in the day and you want to get one of those old school experiences, you absolutely should go check out. It's called uh, Ultima Online Revealed at uoreveal.com. It is a Renaissance era shard that has got some unique development features. I'm trying to find ways to describe it to the general public. If you've ever played the game in the past, it's pretty cool. They're awesome guys. Uh, they're trying to find a way. They just launched about a little over a week ago in active development. So they're taking feedback from the community, from the players, and they you know, are trying to craft a unique and awesome experience for people. And I'm having a lot of fun over there. As a matter of fact, during this show, there was a special event going on. So I was out killing things during this <laughs> while we were talking on the show. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a, uh, it's pretty cool and check it out. You and we'll have them on the first come out and play. You know, speaking of having guests on, we actually want to do that here with breaking the panel. So if you know somebody who would be cool to talk to let's hit us up at BTP at giant And we'd love to have some really cool guests on the show. Excellent. Then, uh, on behalf of Paul and Charles, this is Brian Abbott saying, uh, do you know what happens when lightning strikes a podcast? Yep, pretty much the same thing that happens to everything else. Uh, we will see you next time right here for some full frontal nerdity right here on Breaking the Panel. Breaking the Panel.